This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Welcome, everyone, to part two of our Caribbean adventure episode. I'm joined, of course, by Captain Gary. Hey! And I'm joined by Glenn. <laughs> Hello. How do I live up to that? It's a very animated welcome. Uh, I was watching The Simpsons earlier. Very excited. Well, hey! Um, so in our last episode, we, of course, talked about um, the, the disaster that was the uh, T20s against the West Indies. And following on from that, we're going to get into the one-dayers, which had to... Uh, a happier turn of events for us. Um, we ended up winning that series 2-1, um, showing that we're, we've still got our mojo in the one-day international game. So what's not all was not lost. But, uh, yeah, overall in this tour, I'd say that at best we probably come out of that with you know, a, a fighting a fighting defeat out of all of that. But uh, yeah. certainly come out with our heads held a little higher after a, a fairly successful one-day performance, we think, guys. Yeah. Well, our, our 50 over form has never really been that much of a problem. It's just that nobody cares about 50 overs until there's a World Cup. Yes, it is a game <laughs> that we have, uh, we have dominated for the better part of, what, two and a half decades? Mm. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Obviously some lulls in there, 2011, yeah. you know, more recently we've struggled. But yeah, it's been a game that we've... Uh, yeah. That we've sort of, well, obviously our five World Cup trophies, and those, we know yeah. a thing or two about winning one day the national games. No, I think it's all because of the Mercantile Mutual Cup, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. well, straight after calling. this, straight after <laughs> this, we will get in and unpack everything that happened over in uh, Barbados. Here we go, Ryan Harris. So we've finally bounced back to form, guys. We've uh, we've brushed off the inadequacies of our T20 campaign, and we've come out well ahead in the in the ODI series. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we won one more than they did. Yeah, well, it's the important one. That's what we won. Well, we we won. Oh, you'd, you'd take that. You'd take that as a positive result when you go to a uh, a sort of unfamiliar condition. Well, it's been a quarter of a century since the West Indies have beaten Australia in a one-day international series. I remember right. seeing that, actually. I watched that. 1995 was yeah. the last time they beat us in a one-day international yeah. series. Currently, Ambrose. They thought they had us on that Bevan game. Yeah, yeah. Currently, Ambrose <laughs> and yeah. um, Courtney Walsh, I remember they drove a, I think it was a Toyota Land Cruiser or something around the MCG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it might have been the Gabba, I think. But, yeah, they jumped in yeah. that because it was a prize for winning and they all piled in and drove it around. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember it being a big, big thing <laughs> after the fact. Yeah. Um, so uh, this was a series that was very much dominated by the ball. Um, Kyron Pollard came out. Uh, he was the he was captain uh, for the West Indies. Came out really sort of having a bit of go of the pitches and how they weren't really up to one day international standard. And mm. you know, I know it smacks of sour grapes, but I tend to agree with him. Watching that, they weren't really what you'd expect for a one day international game, which was on the one hand good to see. You actually had to yeah. bat sensibly to. To, to make your mark, and it, it really goes to show that when conditions don't favour the batsmen in this format, how bereft some of them appear yeah. to um, to actually make any headway. I mean, they weren't unplayable, raging turners that were 
like you'd see in test matches in India, but they, yeah. they certainly offered a lot to the spinners and to off-pace deliveries. And So they're a bit slow. A bit slow, yeah. you know, a bit tacky. You can see the, the surface sort of breaking up like tufts coming out when the mm. um, when the ball was hitting the ground. Um, yeah, well, I think you sort of go out there every time now with the mentality that you've got to get 280 to 320. Yeah, and I just don't think any of the teams really established um, early on what they like to play to the conditions. I mean, so yeah, so yeah. we went out and we played. We scored two. Oh, we did in the first two fifty two, but still, that was a recovery effort from Carey and, and Turner. We were in all sorts of trouble yeah, at, we, at one point. We, Hayden Walsh Junior. took a his da- his um, maiden fifer five thirty nine off ten overs, um, and then. Stark was incredible up top with the with the new ball and took five for his own. So I think that's his fourth five for against yeah, the West Indies. Yeah, but two fifty two with, with a rebuilding innings. It's it's yeah, it's a good total. That's, but like that's a total you could but, you can bowl to. So yeah, absolutely. But it's not like we played well to get to two fifty two. There was no. um it was a rear guard action that got us there after a, a sort of a a scratchy start. I really liked what Josh Phillippe had to offer. I think I said it to you um, after the game. Um, that Philippi batted well, but just batted like it was a T20. He got himself, sort of got himself into a bit of a hole and then hit a bunch of boundaries to get himself out of it and back up to a run of ball and then just didn't know when to take his foot off the gas and just sort of kept going and got himself to about a run of ball 39, I think it was. Looked pretty comfortable and then went after one too many and and got himself out. And that's how he got out in in the second one as well. It looks like he's a bit of a compulsive hooker and puller of the ball. Yeah, he'll get found out really quickly. And, and got caught out there. So I think that's one thing that he, he wants to make the leap to from being a, a T20 specialist to playing longer formats is he's just got to realise how much time uh, is at his disposal, for, especially for a player with his ability to find the boundary. That'll come with maturity, though. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think that's one of the big things that you can take away from this, that neither side really showed a great deal of maturity when it mm. comes to their batting. Um, so Pollard had a, a run of all 56 um, after the game was gone, Stark demolished the top order and they were eventually all out for 123. Yeah. But when when they got to the point where they you know they stopped, they just started defending because they didn't want to be all out. You know, Pollard made some runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Alzari mm-hmm. Joseph ended up making some runs. Like when they took their time, they they found a bit uh, a bit I, of purchase. I, I did read that uh, article that um, basically outlined the argument that. That Pollard was making about the the pitches, um, he sounds like he'd be a pretty good administrator because <laughs> uh, he, he he sort of, I mean, he's in a very good position to be able to critique. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's certainly he's, saying it was indicative of the pitches mm. that are in the West Indies. It wasn't just yeah. these particular ones. Yeah, he, he, um, he said that it goes all the way down to regional level. Mm. That we're just not not making good enough pitches like across the board. Um, and yeah, like I said, like I, I think he's in a very good position as someone who's played cricket all around the world to to make that criticism. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully but, they. But yeah, so batting woes moved into the into the next game where we were in all sorts of trouble before. Um, you know, Wade and the bowlers dug us to a score of one eighty seven in forty seven overs. Wes Agar was our top scorer. But, you know, Zampa and Wade and all the bowlers sort of got stuck in a bit and, and, and I'm really contributed. I'm really impressed with what the bowlers were able to do. Um, but, again, it's the same thing, that once they realise, well, we have to bat time here, the longer we bat the, you know, if we get close to making our 50 overs, we'll get something we can bowl to. And then we ended up, you know, getting to 187 when we were in all sorts of trouble. Um, and then we almost made a, a fist of it. We got to, we got them six down, but a partnership between Nicholas Poran and uh, Jason Holder halted proceedings there. Um, Stark, again, found his mojo, three for 26 off 10 overs. I think mm-hmm. this is a really big series for Mitchell Stark. Is He sort of I, he, he found his groove. I did on. watch that replay, and uh, I think they spent, they took a little bit too long to go back to Stark. Um, that partnership was forming, and I think you've got to go to your strike weapon before that. Partnership is a problem. Honestly, I think the big issue with that is that Riley Meredith was terrible right. in that game, and it just made it really hard for um, Kerry for Kerry to just like if I if I bowl Stark now, 
and he yeah. doesn't get me the breakthrough, I'm running out of options because mm. Meredith wasn't really... And, yeah, well, a, and Agar bowled he's... well without really getting a lot of penetration. Where's Agar? That is not Ashton. So, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then in the, the third game, the West Indies uh, batted first. And again, we sort of picked them apart. Mitchell Stark um, bowled really well up top, uh, 3-43. Uh, Zampa was incredible. Uh, Ashton Agar was brought in as a second spinner. Um, he and Ashton Turner actually did a really good job in the middle and really used sort of the how tacky and slow the pitch was to their advantage and just dried up the runs for <laughs> Ashton Turner. Ashton Turner <coughs> bowling again. He got. I think he ended up with three a, wickets for the a series. A Turner. A Turner. Who's the bowler's name? It's like a stick cricket. A name, isn't Turner. It? Is it, that is a cr- stick cricket name. <laughs> Uh, oh, really? What's his real name? <laughs> and then on the flip side, um, we were four wickets down, chasing it through, and then Wade and Agar saw us home. So there was no really big innings with the bat, and I think that's something that's a little concerning. We're not going to get it all our own way in the UAE, and obviously with some big names coming back, um, and it's T20, so obviously we don't have that issue of having to bat through. But um, yeah. it shows there wasn't a great deal of... Leadership, I'd say, in that. Um, except we, for Kerry, Kerry played get it. roles in, within the twenty overs um, <laughs> in the last series. Yeah, so, twice. <laughs> you know, about a little bit of time. Um, I thought Kerry led the team incredibly well. I think he stood up when he needed to. He scored that sixty in the first game, and then in the um, in the in the third game, uh, when it looked like obviously the, the Aussies knew because they bowled first that there was quite a lot of spin there. They brought on Abdul Hussain um, very early, who. Uh, got rid of Moses Enriquez, mm. and Kerry elevated himself from five to number three to be the left-hander and sort of take away that uh, that weapon from from the yeah. West Indies and controlled that and batted. You only know about thirty-five. That's thirty-five and chasing a total of one hundred and fifty-three is a yeah. is a pretty good knock and sort of steered us out of trouble. Right. Um, Ashton Agar ended up winning the man of the match that one and we ended up securing so, the series. So why did Agar bat so high though? I mean. Dan Christian's in that team. He, he batted at seven and didn't bowl when he didn't bat or bowl. Possibly because he was left-handed and they wanted to right um, okay. nullify the spin a little. It's bit just there. hard to work out Ashton Agar, isn't it? He, he, he I'm a big of, I'm a big fan of Ashton. Agar. Oh, yeah, I know I know you are. Um, um, but he, he kind of just drifts in and out of, of being a batsman and a bowler, and then I mean he, he does all three disciplines. Of the game, he's quite, one of those guys well. that he's a jack of all trades and master of uh, none. So he, he yeah. find it, you kind of find he sort of floats into the short form setup a little bit. But um, honestly, until he can either becomes prolific with the ball or um, a bit uh, handier with the bat, a bit handy with the bat, he, we're probably not going to see the best out of him. We know he can do it. I mean, that yeah, ninety. So- that 90 that plus on day The cleanest day hitting I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, well, especially from a number 11, but, you know, like, for, yeah, just. It's got to be the fastest elevation ever, right? Debuting yeah. at number 11 in the first innings. And I think he batted at eight in the in the second. Yeah. So, like, who, who was it didn't, didn't take long for him. They, to... they had him behind Siddle or something, uh, <laughs> something like that. I think it was it Ryan Harris, Siddle and. Yeah. Who can all... Hilfenhaus, maybe? I can't remember the bowling. He's, he's, behind he's behind Hilfenhaus. He's behind Hilfenhaus. Yeah, we batted at 11. They, that's where he was. But yeah. I think that was our... I think Harris, Hilfenhaus and Siddle was our... Yeah. I could be wrong. It was a while. Well, maybe I mean, Jackson Bird. Hilfenhaus can hit a ball. We've all seen that. Yeah, but, but uh, as long as it's straight and in the middle of his bat. <laughs> <laughs> it's his golf arc. If he gets into yeah. his golf arc, yeah, that's, it. Him. that's it. Hockey hands. Um, I was very impressed throughout the course of both the T20s and the one days um, with Hayden Walsh Jr. Um, yeah. I, I think he's a... He's... I was going to say when you mentioned before, he'll be... Uh, unfortunately, I think West Indies will probably be lucky to hold on to him because uh, people are going to look at that, that form. Uh, I mean, clubs, not just people. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll just hire that leg spinner for my local club. No. Um yeah, but I think he'd probably get a be looking well, at an IPL contract or a BBL well, at least. Well, I don't think it's hopefully won't clash with the representing the West Indies. I mean, he was an American representative and then made the change to come back yeah. specifically to play for the West Indies. So obviously, representing at an international level is important to him. So hopefully, he doesn't just decide to forgo. Mm. Um, I'd really love to see um, him play some long 
long form cricket because I reckon there wasn't a lot yeah. about his game that sort of screamed white ball specialist and has no future. Mm. You know, like he, he has good variety, but he doesn't have the big leg break. Mm. Um, I mean, guys have gotten along in, in Test cricket before without it. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the only thing that I can really see that he's lacking. Yeah, well, and I think well, he's got a, a fairly good wronging. Yeah, which will be good. I mean, you don't have to spin it a mile to be effective at any form of a game. So yeah, hopefully the West. Well, he, he also bowls very flat, which suits suits the short format. Uh, but he um, does bowl slow, like he, yeah. he deliberately bowls the ball slower. Not like you know, like Xavier Doherty was a um, a really good example of a guy that you could just see that wasn't really a mm. he wasn't a test bowler. Like he he, play, he had a well, fairly, not everyone could apparently, <laughs> <laughs> except for our selectors. But uh. it was very obvious from the get go that he he his strength was darting it into the pitch and not really a great deal of movement and bowling it flat and. Yeah. Um, that's why he had a, a semi-successful career for Australia in the short form, but was really exposed in that in that Ashes series, especially. Ke- I think we picked him because someone said, "You know, Kevin Peterson's gotten out to left arm, <laughs> left the, arm spin, left arm spin." Like, <laughs> give me a run, I'll bowl to Kev Peterson. And, and the funny I'm thing is, he, I think he it. actually got Peterson out, but it was because Peterson <laughs> tried to clear the like the long on boundary and got caught, sort of thing. It wasn't like deceiving <laughs> him in flight. Yeah, after he was on about 150, it's like, yeah, yeah, I deceived him. <laughs> Oh, got is, bored I'm, hitting me to the boundary so many my, times. That was and my plan all along. It's like bowling rubbish in the school. At six and out, you <laughs> hit it over the fence. <laughs> Give me the bat. Bowling <laughs> a long hop. See him, let's see him be uh, patient with this one. <laughs> Hoop, my bat now. Um, yeah, I think uh, Hayden Walsh was fantastic. I think the more he plays in a West Indies uniform, the better the West Indies will be. He looked like a really good player. So yeah. did Hussain, actually. Hussain's another guy. Who yeah, I, and he, he does have, well, at least on those pitches, had the, the ability to possess the ability to spin the ball more. Mm. Um, yeah. So we're talking about West Indian spinners. <laughs> Can you imagine if you <laughs> if you go back 40 years and go, yeah. Somewhere uh, we'll be talking currently about... Ambrose has sat bolt upright and went, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, um, um, it was really good hearing him in commentary too. Actually, I love yeah, listening to him. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, it doesn't say that much, but um, so on our front, um, not a lot to write home about in terms of our batting. Like I said, I think Philippi's got potential. Um, Enriquez, who I'm a massive fan of, just fell into a hole and couldn't get out. Um, I think it says to how much trouble we are in terms of our depth that uh, we had to open with him in the. The last one day. I don't think he's ever opened the batting in a 50-over game, and he was our opener. Yeah, I've never seen him open the batting before. Um, yeah, his he's one-day international average is, was 11, I think, at the beginning of this series, and it's gone down. Like, right. that's how bad his series has been. He hasn't hit double figures. Uh, um, so he would be fighting an uphill battle to retain his spot in any of our squads. I mean, you know, obviously you want him to be out on merit, and I'm a really big fan of Enriquez. I'd still be considering picking him in the test side for the first test of the Ashes, but like he's got to get some runs under his belt, and he's he's just he's just not there. I like I've I've been a big fan of him as, for years as well, but it, it just has not been there over the years. So got the, the when he when he takes that next step. Yeah, the Mitchell Pearce uh, syndrome when yeah. he, when he goes there. Well, yeah, step up. I think I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, he went over to India and had some really good games over there, and then came back and we just didn't use him. Like he certainly did enough to retain getting picked. He scored yeah three fifties in the tour, batting at six. Mm, um, I think that up, was his chance, and we we did kind of mess him around. Picked bit, he picked but. up two or three wickets. I mean, in the one day game, he's sort of been used. He hasn't really been used a great deal in the role that he is because we have, you know, we've had Clark and we've had Ponting, we've had Smith playing those yeah, sort of roles. Yeah. He's just sort of been brought in as that, you know, hitter like, down the order and it's not really his bag and he's done the right thing by the team and tried to um, play ahead of himself. But this was the opportunity. He was really being used as a, like an experienced um, player, the whole the innings together and he sort of, it sort of slipped. But got, I mean, He's got leadership qualities. But he, he, he played in the... Um, in the home one day series against India, and did a really good job. So I'll put it down to a bad tour, but Maybe you can't afford another chance. He can't afford to have too many bad tours when you're his age, and there's guys yeah. like Cameron Green coming through that yeah. Um, yeah. can do the same thing. And I really hope that he does get it because I, 
I feel that Enriquez is probably owed a little more of an Australian career than he ended up getting when mm. you look at his his domestic numbers. But yeah. again, once you get to the big dance, you've you've got yeah. to actually perform. And and unfortunately, when you get to that age, I mean, I think um, Chris Rogers said it when he was brought back in. He's just like, I know what it's all about. The second I don't score any runs, yeah. my career, there's no bouncing back. It's mm. I'm you know I'm 36 years old. If I go through a prolonged form slump. They'll move on, and that's my career done. And I've and I'm not bitter about it. I, but then again, he, he got a little bit of a career playing for Australia. Yeah, how many people can say that? So, and that's the thing when you sort of a when you get to that age, you know, you hit that thirty number. Every time that you um, have a bit of a form slump, someone yanks on that on that chain, and well, you, you better not have a form slump this year, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> can slumps become inverse? Like it's not like a dip in form; it's negative form. Um, but yeah, when you hit that stage, the first thing that happens isn't oh they'll play their way through it. It's you know get rid of them for the next young thing coming through. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, I think the only exception to that was Michael Hussey because he was yeah. so prolific at the beginning. We sort of just backed him to yeah to come through. Yeah, well, I I remember when uh, Moses Henriques was that uh, the next young thing coming through. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> he, he made his debut for New South Wales quite young. I think he was only nineteen or something. Like I, that. I know he had a lot of issues with his mental health, and he, he did take time out of the game yeah. a few years ago for that. He's been a very vocal advocate for um, has, mental yeah. health in sport as well. So it's um, he's really done a lot for the game outside the game. And, one of those, I suppose, you know, real nice, blo- real nice blokes that Justin Langer yeah. holds in high regard. Yeah. Uh, moving forward for the Australian side, we've got a tour of Bangladesh coming up. So August third is the first T Twenty. Um, soon. Uh, August fourth, August sixth, August seventh, August ninth. Those are all T Twenties, and I suppose the big question from here is obviously. Um, news came through uh, at the beginning of the One Day International Series against the West Indies that Aaron Finch was going home. Um, injured and yeah. will be having surgery. Now, Australian officials remain confident that Finch will be fit for the World Cup, but I suppose we need, what do we think? Who's going to take the captaincy, I suppose, in the short term for the Tour de Bangladesh and then in the uh, the longer term if he's not fit for the World Cup? Who do, you think we, who do we think takes the captaincy moving forward into the Tour de Bangladesh? It's a little bit of a difficult one. Oh, who's, who's, they'll, they'll, I think they'll probably stick with because he's had a crack at it now. Uh, whether they should do that, I think I the, the big thing I've got about Alex Carey, which we've, we've spoken about off air, is I don't think Alex Carey is a walk-up starter for our T20 side. If it was a one-day series against Bangladesh, I'd all be all for it. Leave it with Carey. Yeah. But I, I don't want to pick a player that we arguably shouldn't be picking because we've given him the captaincy. Yeah. That's I've gone, um, I've banged on about that in the past where I I hate. And how they earmark people for captaincy uh, before they're really secure in their spot. Um, I think that because that, that, that player needs to to just be working on themselves. Because looking at the squad we've got, I would say that we would go in with an opening batting lineup of um, Philippi and Wade would open the batting with Marsh again batting at three. Yeah. Um, I suppose, like, I think on the, the fact that the depth that we've got, that Carey will probably be there. I think, you know, Turner will be there sort of maybe five. You'll have um, maybe Christian at six. You'll have Ashton Agar in there somewhere. Um, you've also got Ben McDermott, but, again, he was unavailable through injury for the last game. So I think due to the players that we've got left, Carey will end up playing every game, but I just don't think that he arguably, in the perfect world, Carey wouldn't make your... Yeah, I, I, so, I agree, but I, I think they'll probably go with it. I um, think they'll make sure that there's a spot for him. There's and, nobody and joining they, that squad, though? I wouldn't. That, well, the thing is they can't. They either needed to be in um, waiting in Bangladesh as of a couple of days ago, I think the 20th of July, yeah. um, or they needed to be part of the squad that was in the West Indies because they're already in a bubble. In a bubble. So... Okay. Um, they needed to pass all the quarantine protocols. So they're accepting that the players over there are in a bubble and are free to move, come to Bangladesh and do yeah, what they need to do. Yeah. 
any additions would have needed have already been quarantining in Bangladesh as of a few days ago, and obviously they're not. Um, does, I it, think, does anyone else, like, when they say these bubbles, have, like, a slight image of them just all walking around in this <laughs> massive, like, big plastic... Sorb yeah. cricket. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, think, right. I think Matthew Wade will probably be given the captaincy for um, the, the series to Bangladesh. Well, I think that would be a good idea, actually. Um, he's, he's listed as the vice-captain for the T20 side. And he probably deserves it. Um, and like I said, there's a rule that you're not going to carry Alex, Alex Carey, which I think ideally you probably wouldn't because, again, I think to, for Alex Carey's best use in a T20 side would be near the top of the order. It's the position he plays in for the strikers. Um, he scored a couple of T20-100s domestically, but he wouldn't play in that position for the Australian side. Um, so it's yeah. whether or not we have enough batting. I mean, that's that's why they put him at four, I think, strikers the last couple of seasons. Yeah, to try and prove that he does have that flexibility. And he didn't go well for them. They, no. they, they didn't perform well. He didn't perform well. When he's opened or batted at three, he's done relatively well. When he's gone further than that, he hasn't. Yeah. Um, so I'm picking Wade there. Um, and then moving forward to the World Cup, if, if Finch hasn't recovered in time, do we leave it with Wade or do you have any other... Other suggestions well, for you to make the captain? Well, who 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 else will be, who else is going to join the squad? Well, you'd imagine that uh, well, you, Cummins, Maxwell, Warner will definitely come back into the squad. Well, you can't give it to Warner. Yeah, so he's got a leadership band, so he um, won't be there. Yeah, I don't know if you could actually give it to the bowlers. Yeah, Pat, Pat Cummins might be a sort of a. Oh, I, I think Pat Cummins has already proved that he he can do he, the job. He's currently the vice captain in. Test cricket. He yeah. normally gets given the vice captaincy when he's playing other formats as well. Yeah. And he was given captaincy of the New South Wales um, Ryobi Cup side. Yeah, but you, going into a World Cup, though, you, you, you think that sometimes they're going to rest their bowlers. And probably the best bowler in the world at the moment, you'd rest the guy. Oh, I don't know if I'd be... Like, the World Cup, it's not like a prolonged World Cup. They're sort of culling all of the... You qualified, but you're not really going to do very well teams before mm. they get to these ones. That's why they've got the yeah. the group one, group two, that then goes into group A So it's group kind B. of more a, a sort of champion's trophy yeah. in t- T20 format. Yeah, they're sort of like, you guys have qualified in the top 10, so you, you're you already through to the next round, and then everyone ten, what, 11 down, you get yeah. to have a, a second World Cup to get to the big World Cup is sort of how it's staged. <laughs> so <laughs> stra- all, those, all those big teams don't play... You know Ireland and Scotland and you know all those sides. That's really disappointing. Really is. Mm, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. So I don't think Australia can afford to. Tip We're not going to have our Dwayne Leverock moment. Yeah, it's not going to be like oh you're playing Namibia this game. So all those guys that you put in your squad that haven't really made it, you can give them a run. They're going to be yeah. pretty much balls to the wall every game that we play. So I don't think there will be a, an opportunity for Cummins to rest. Many games. Yeah. I, I don't. I think it's a, uh, well, for me personally. If I was, I'd be giving the captaincy to Glenn Maxwell. So it doesn't matter one way or the other. The big show. The big show. Mm. Um, I suppose he is one of the, the the first people you'd pick. He's one of the most um, acclaimed Australian players all around the world. He's played BBL. He's played IPL. He's played CPL. He's got probably the most international experience in the squad. If Finch doesn't end up getting picked. And his nickname is the Big Show. So. Um, he captains the Stars. He's <laughs> captain in the IPL. Like he's a guy I think will. He's got a really good captain brain. Too. Will do really well in that situation. That's the guy mm. that I would be giving the captaincy to. I like it too. I like it too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether they'll do that. They they seem to have put a, a black mark against Glenn Maxwell. Who, who did he upset you? I think. Oh, I wonder. I don't know. He's, he's up to so he, he does seem to be get. I mean, he's from Victoria, so we just don't <laughs> we just put every New South Welshman in front. If you if you ask anyone from Victorian cricket, yeah, that's the case. We get told all the time that um, the currency for international representation and runs and wickets and yeah. you know, Maxwell scores a hundred in the subcontinent, and then the next home series, nah, we're going yeah. we're going with with Hanscom and Sean Marsh. <laughs> it could be a person- again. It could be a personality thing. Who knows? Oh, I suppose it has, it has and to then be. we drop Hanscom. Oh well, I'm the next guy, right? Because you've you've told me I was the next guy. I oh, know we're going to go with Mitch Marsh. <laughs> what? 
Yeah. Yep, it's Brad Hodge all over again. Brad Hodge. Didn't he step away for a little while, Maxwell? I don't know. I I think he did. I think he stepped down for a little bit. Uh, Stepped away from cricket for Australia. I think he's he he come back recently. Well, within the last six months. I think you're. uh... Oh, I, drinking. I, I read that he, one. He stepped away maybe because Australia hasn't played in that time. No, no, I, I, I think it actually fell upon the fact that Australia hadn't played. He did take some mental health time yeah, after yeah. he uh, charged down the pitch and let it go and hit off some. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, but I think... That's, like, that's yeah, it's like, it hasn't recently... It hasn't, I mean, it was a terrible shot, but I mean... Oh, as, far really, as, I, as far as I know, he hasn't stepped away from the game for... Yeah. Like, definitively stepped away from representing Australia for any period of time. Yeah, my mistake. I think it was 2019, so it, it's, you know, it doesn't feel that long ago. But he did, he did take a break and... Um, I think he sort of stepped away from the game for a little while in his head, right? Did that coincide with a, a break in Australian cricket? Did I, I he miss th- games for Australia? I don't remember. I, I don't think he missed games. I think it just it just happened to be um, sort of a, 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 a stint of Australian cricket where we weren't playing many games, and then it sort of led into to the to the new year, and then nothing happened. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that'll do our Caribbean holiday. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, I, I think it's a, a fighting defeat. I don't think Australia will be too happy with how the T20s have gone. It would have been good to see um, some fight back from the younger guys yeah, for uh, the ODIs. Even if it was 3-2 in the 2020s, you could get some positives, but 4-1's pretty emphatic. Yeah, and I think yeah. the big thing coming out of that is um, the batting. At no point through the eight games that we played did our batting really ever fire. Um, yeah. Max, uh, not Max, uh, Mitchell Marsh was the only consistent batsman through the T20s. Um, none of the batsmen really fired in the ODIs. Carey had a good, well, a couple of good knocks. Um, Wade had a couple of good knocks. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to be one big thing is that uh, it really concerns me that Langer has recently come out and said he doesn't feel that there's an issue with the depth in our country, yeah. um, which I think is, like, it's putting on a brave face for the media and not throwing your team under the bus, but... Surely, when he's behind closed doors, he's got to be saying, you know, why are the guys that we're bringing up not ready for this level yet? Um, yeah. Like, well, he, he referenced, um, you know, England winning against Pakistan with a, a basically a second-rate team picked at the drop of a hat. Um, you know, he gave excuses like, you know, we haven't played any cricket in months and we've come over to the West Indies and they've brought all the gun players back and yada, yada, yada. Uh, those those aren't good enough excuses, not for Australian cricket. You can't just go, oh, we haven't played cricket in ages. It's like, no, I'm sorry. There's no sort of like, oh, we just will have a few games to get our feet underneath us. If you're an Australian representative, you come and you come ready to play. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, what was dished up through those T20s? At no point did it look like we were ready to play. And players around. I know that, you know, rust and all that sort of stuff. It's not like you have to be perfect every single game. It wasn't rust. It wasn't, wasn't rust. No. Rust wasn't the issue in those in that T Twenty series. Um, it was the players not performing, players being found out, players being um, utilised out of position. Players, players going nuts with their strategy, just <laughs> not playing the percentages. I know. And, um, and so that's a big thing coming out of that. Is that hopefully you know they've gone and said the thing to the media that you know. I'm happy with where the team's at, da 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 da. So the media doesn't jump on going, Justin Langer said you were rubbish. What's what are your take on that? He's protected his boys and that's what he's supposed to do. But yeah. hopefully there's some serious questions being asked about um you know, where do we go from here? Because like Maxwell, Smith, Warner, Finch, like, yeah, there's the four big names that have come out of our batting lineup. But like we've we've talked about in years gone by, middle of the two thousands. Australia had the first and second and probably the fourth best one-day international side. Third. Yeah, third. Oh, I know. The best international side going around was probably better than our third string team. Uh, I don't know. We were, <laughs> but, like, what I mean is we, we had so so much depth. Like, it was, yeah. you know, player A goes down, we bring in this guy who just oh. goes mental. And, and, and the yeah. thing is that it wasn't that our players didn't succeed, it was that they didn't look like mm. they belonged either. Yeah, yeah, like McDermott is a big one, and I've been a big fan of McDermott in the Big Bash. He's one of the better players. He's consistently one of the better players there. And he's had a couple of goes at international cricket now. 
hasn't really found his feet. Phillippe looks like he's got it all there. He's young. He'll get there, but still, he's not ready to go. I mean, Chris Lynn was a guy that just dominates Australian domestic cricket for mm-hmm. fun at that level, at short-form cricket, and he's been found out as being pretty you, ordinary. Andrew Tyne. It's, do you think maybe it's a case, I mean, we've talked about it before, of, of our domestic season being so long um, as far as 2020s go. Um, you know, Ben McDermott fails in the first couple of, of T20s he plays. It doesn't matter. He's not. He, he doesn't have to panic because he knows that there's about 12 others where he can, yeah. he can display what he can do. Whereas in this series that, just just gone by, you must perform in one of those those five. Um or, you know, you gotta you know Possibly. Yeah. I think it's I think it's players like that should be utilized. I think Greg Chappell said it really well. Is um we talked about it a few episodes ago, is India plays lots and lots of A series. Mm. So their next level down has actually had quite a number of international games under their belt in different conditions playing reasonably international standard competition before actually playing for India. And Australia just doesn't do that. They don't go on tours to South Africa or tours to the West Indies or tours to to England mm. as an A tour and playing as an A group and knowing what it's like to be playing on, in foreign conditions against players that you don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think, think that's probably something that yeah. there could be a little bit that. There's that sort of relaxation mm. that I have you know, 400 big bash games. So if I fail the first two <laughs> yeah. or three, I'm not going to lose my spot. Whereas you've got to deal with that. Yeah, well, I'm only know. here for a blink of an eye. And if I don't yeah. score 100 this game, then I'm just going to sit on the bench for the rest of the series. Yeah. But I think we're not preparing our players for that jump up to international level as well as we should be. Yeah, should you, be tra- you've also got to remember too that we've we, we played one of the most winningest T20 World Cup teams and we lost... Yeah, but they've won the comp twice. Yeah. Look, I get it. The Windies, we we shouldn't be expecting to beat the West Indies, but all credit. Oh, they they we are one of the best sides, and we were ranked number one not long ago. And yes, I know some of our big guns are out, and it's not that we lost; it's the manner that we lost, which is more yeah, concerning I, to yeah, me. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, you know, if it, we just they looked like they had it all over us, and that we were bereft of ideas of how to actually play effectively in that ground. So I think that, yeah, that's something that we really need to identify moving forward. And I think Greg Chappell was probably on the money with that. One of the ways to do it is to expose these next step, these next level down, the the guys we see coming through yeah. to more international cricket. And the only way that we can really do that is more ATORs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's been a big thing for me is that yeah, it's, well, yeah, we won the ODI series, but overall I think this was a, probably a loss for Australian cricket, this tour. Um, and hopefully they walk... Like, yeah, we got some consolation. We won the ODI series, did a really great job. Bowlers did a great thing. Um, we got Mitchell Stark looking like he's fit and firing, which is humongous for our World Cup hopes. But overall, for the team, I think that was is this tour was a step backwards. Well, I, I, I actually totally agree with the Mitchell Stark thing. I think the Mitchell Stark thing is the greatest thing that's come out of this series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Closely followed well, I want by... to see him do it in the twenties first, though. Mm. Yeah, and we all we all know we can play fifty it, over cricket. We could, we could see it to the back end of the T twenties that he was finding yeah. more yeah. and more rhythm. Um, so I think yeah. that's going to be a big thing. Like he had that that match winning over against um, Andre Russell. Yeah. He was steadily getting more rhythm as the series went on, and that and and that came yeah, into the into the ODI series. It's probably great for his head too. Mitchell Marsh, I think, is a great find as well. Like oh. he's been. I know we all. <laughs> We've had so much. But if we get that Mitchell Marsh like at the T20 level more often yeah, we don't. But you know you're not going to. You're going to give him all this sort of... Look, I know. We've lived through it. I'm just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> he's just, he's I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. And kick the stumps out of the ground and then fall over. Just going to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. He And it didn't look like it was lucky. He played controlled. Mm. Um, he played technically correct. He didn't look like he had hard hands. He looked like he knew what he wanted to do about it and went from the get-go. I did. Um, I, did I think he, I, I, he bowled well. 
Um, that's what you. That's all we want from him. If he does that, that's great. He can end up being a superstar for us in this format. I did say to you, I think the first shot I saw him play was a cover drive, and it was perfect. And I'm like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I was, uh, he did really well. Yeah, he did well. Um, all right, so that concludes our uh, trip to the Caribbean, and uh, now after this, we're going to have a take a trip to. Well, I suppose Tokyo, but in, in actually, actually, we're going to talk about is the Olympics. So stay tuned for that. Through the covers, Steve Smith is back. His first test back after the ban, and its normal service resumes. In keeping with the uh, Olympic spirit, which is happening right now as we record this one, mm-hmm. um, I thought we'd talk about uh, cricket and how it relates to the Olympics and all of that. So where do you guys stand? I know it's, it's been a hot the, topic. The only thing I have to contribute is that I remember that it was once in the Commonwealth Games. Yes, and we won um, a silver medal. South Africa won gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, Brad Young was playing for us then. Yes, he, de- he demolished the, um, the yeah. New Zealanders in a qualifier for the gold medal round. Yeah. He got five for nothing. And I remember he was a popular player because he also, like, he... He had a day job. He kind of ran a mowing company or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there's nothing more Aussie cricket in the late 90s than that. Um, Steve Waugh <laughs> scored a 90 to get us to about 180, I think, and then South Africa chased it six wickets down and won the gold medal. So the only thing yeah. they've won in their history. Really? Woo! Yeah. Yeah. They didn't choke at that one. Commonwealth Games. We showed them up the next That's... year, though, at the World Cup. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I think they trade that. Uh, it actually yeah, has medal. been in the Olympics before. Really? Can you tell me who won the gold medal? Uh, England? Yes. Can you tell me who won the silver medal? Australia. No. New Zealand. No. India. No. If I say that it was in 1900, it was when it was in oh, the Olympics. Ireland. Does that help? No. Wow. I'll give you one more. France? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. It was made up of you were ex- just English, ex- expats, ex- expats, oh, and, right. um, yeah, okay. and yes, they. Do you know who won the bronze? Uh, no, it's a trick question. They were the only two teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well. And they uh, they yeah. played obviously at that point. There was no one dayers or T twenty, so they played a. First class game that was not given first class status, and yeah. it was widely regarded the players involved would not have been first class standard in, right. the, in the Olympics. Right. So, and then from then it's been taken out, and uh, there's been more recently a push to get um, cricket back into the Olympics because there's now much more friendly games in terms of uh, how scheduling. Sh- scheduling. Um, yep. So that's been made a big push, and I believe. That the Los Angeles games in 2028, the plan is to debut them there, and if not there, then the 2032 Olympics in Brisbane. Well, they mm. should be in Brisbane. Yeah, like totally. Well, well, if they're in the games in 2028, then they'll be in. The, that's how it works. Yeah, I don't care. They need to be in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where, where do we think? I know there, there's been some opposition to to having cricket in the Olympics. So, what what do you think that a do you think they should be there, and what does cricket in the Olympics look like to you guys? Well, I suppose it shows. Shows our sport on a bigger stage. Mm. Can you get much bigger than the Olympics? No, you, you can't. I think this is a, a, a really big opportunity for cricket in terms of growing the game. Yeah. So we all we all well. Think- I, I think uh, I, I think we can all um, probably confess that there's a lot of sports that we only really follow every four years. Yeah. Uh, Handball. Uh, I have been. Handball. <laughs> I have been enjo- enjoying the water polo. Uh, it's. It's pretty nuts that game. Yeah, it? volleyball um, too. I love watching. Yeah, and, and, good. and for all of you guys, oh yeah, volleyball. Oh, I do yeah. actually like the beach volleyball. Yes, I do yeah. like. But I'm actually talking about it's the. the um, it's the Playboy article the, argument again. The uh, the indoor <laughs> volleyball is actually really uh, interesting okay, to watch yeah. as well. I was yeah. wondering where he was going with that. <laughs> Say, dude, I love them because yeah. I always say whenever talking about it, I love watching the volleyball. I'm like, sure you do, huh? Oh, like, yeah. And then it takes me a second to go, oh, yeah, you mean the girls in bikinis. Yes, that too. But I was actually referring to mm. Scott Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, I actually saw the uh, volleyball live at Sydney 2000. That was good. I saw Spain play against Cuba. 
I can't remember anything else about it. I do love in... We'll get back to the cricket in just two seconds, <laughs> but I do love that in volleyball there's like four guys all towering massive individuals in, a, in one shirt and there's always a little dude in yeah. a different coloured shirt in he, the middle. He's the digger. <laughs> he's the digger. <laughs> and that's just how it works. It's just like one tiny, tiny man and then shrink. around a team full of just giants. <laughs> he, he, he's like the, uh, vac- the the pool vacuum, you know. He just gets right under the air and <laughs> scoops it. Yeah. Oh, I just love the dynamics yeah. of volleyball. It's great. Anyway, um, yeah, so... Um, with that, with that being said, uh, same thing, say, for people in the States, just sitting down, if it's, you know, Los Angeles, uh, you know, you know what, I'll give cricket a go because it's the Olympics and we're all watching sports that we don't usually watch. Well, and on, on top of that too, the, the, it'll force countries, well, not force countries, I suppose you can elect not to enter the event, <laughs> but um, it'll give countries an avenue to, to play cricket. Because you can build towards representing your country at the Olympics. Um, yeah. So you play Olympic qualifiers and all this sort of stuff. And if you can manage to get – I mean, America is already an ICC member and it's um, venturing towards becoming a full member by 2030. And if they've then got to supercharge that by also um, improving <laughs> them for – especially for the 2028, if they, they get it in for, in for the 2028 Olympics – and you get America on board and really throwing money behind their Olympic program because, well, it's being entered into the games and we're the hosts, so we automatically qualify. And we yeah. don't want to really look like a bunch of numpties by just having this embarrassing excuse for a cricket team out there. So they put their more money in development, and that actually ends up helping the infrastructure of the country as a whole. And you know that China wants to win basically everything that's out there. So if they end up entering a team in the Olympics, and then you have the two biggest markets in the world suddenly interested on even if it's you're a just, small you're stuff. just you're determined to break into the Chinese and US market. Well it's, it's the Chinese market's yeah. the first time I brought yeah. this up. But if you right. can yeah. get that happening that China and America suddenly becomes interested even minutely yeah. in cricket, it, it's huge for the sport in a global sense. Mm. Um with that amount of money moving into it. So I think moving cricket to the Olympics makes yeah. perfect sense. So first step to world domination yeah. by <laughs> cricket. <laughs> Only you could turn a, a cricket podcast into a plot for world domination. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic move, and I really hope that um, – I know there's had been some opposition in the past. Um, England and India have been um, opposing – having cricket in the Olympics for a while. England's oh, apparently yeah. eased up and India is less opposed than it used to be. Right. Uh, India is what, apparently the, con- the concerned yeah. about um, not being autonomous. Mm. So if, you, is, if you're – obviously most Olympic uh, committees are government-controlled. Yeah. So then I think they're worried about uh, seceding control of cricket to the Indian government. If it's right. got to be a an Indian Olympic side, so I don't know how the logistics of that will work. And you'd imagine that, yeah. well, cricket Australia is all for it, but so I can't imagine that um, the Australian government would interfere too much yeah. in the way that cricket reckon, Australia runs it. I reckon they just want to be able to doctor their pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I suppose the other thing coming out of there too would be it would be quite interesting because the West Indies wouldn't be allowed to compete in the Olympics. Why? Because they're not a nation. They're not a nation. It'll be Separate. Barbados and Jamaica and Antigua. And, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Ireland technically wouldn't be able to compete because they're made yeah. up of both Northern Ireland and Ireland. Right. Um, I suppose Scotland's already got their team, but the, England typically represents itself as Great Britain, Great Britain yeah. which they wouldn't be able to do in an Olympic sense. So no, they shouldn't lo- do it anyway. There should be there be some logistics around that, um, which would be mm. interesting to see. Because I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm not sure how it works in the rugby. Because I think in the rugby, if they medal in sports in a team sport, then it. I don't know how it works. It would be interesting to see how yeah, that right. that goes. It's on. Shared custody of the medal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that um, yeah, there was talk about introducing that rubbish T10 concept. As no. the, I think T20 is perfectly fine. I mean, you mean yeah. it's a bit longer than a soccer game, and we play soccer in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. and they have softball. I mean, that's that's nine innings. It takes a while. Mm, so it's yeah. a fairly. Well, they usually don't get to the end of it. 
Yeah, true. Mercy rule. Yeah. I think it's a great rule. Three innings <laughs> in and we're up by nine. My yeah, football. Yeah, we, we would never play a second day of cricket in our club. My football team would have that. If we could have that in rugby league, the game's only be 40 minutes long the way this season's gone. Yeah. Um, well, you're talking to a Bulldogs, Bulldogs fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's fantastic. And like you said, it's, it's represent, been in... Um, other worldwide sports representation, Commonwealth Games, been in the Olympics before. I think this is a great opportunity to go again. There's um, a lot of the people go, oh, you can't have it in the Olympics because there's only 10 teams that play it. Um, mm, but the, IC, the ICC's got 100 member nations. And when they go, oh, yeah, but they're all rubbish, there's only going to be 10 teams that can win. And to that I say, well, when you go to the World Cup to play basketball or soccer or all that, there's only really a handful of teams out of the whole yeah. world that represents and plays soccer yeah. or baseball or basketball yeah. that are really gold medal chances. Not a lot of money for Qatar to win the gold medal in, yeah. in soccer. Like it's going to go to one of the, the, yeah. the big nations, the yeah. Brazil's, the England's, or the yeah. Germany's, Netherlands, places like that. Like there's only a handful of teams that will win it. Same in basketball. It's, it's basically has, the, has America – not figured out their stuff long enough or will they win the gold medal again? Mm. Like that's basically, it's either America will win it or their team is broken somehow. Or, like, or, or there'll be some kind of USSR conspiracy. <laughs> or that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the rest of the world has caught up quite a lot in basketball, but at the end of the day, the, the US are always favourites to win. So it's it, that whole yeah. like, yeah, there might be a hundred nations that play play cricket, but really there's only two or three that can win. That could be said of really any sport. There's only yeah. really a, a handful of nations that are really realistic chances to win. Yeah. So I don't think that um, its worldwide saturation is enough to mm. warrant it not being there. There's, what, 20 nations competing for the current T20 World Cup, which yeah. is more than enough to warrant it being a worldwide enough sport to qualify yeah. for the Olympics. Yeah. And I think actually in... A T20 World Cup, India could win it, Australia could win it, England could win it, the West Indies could win it. Maybe South Africa. Um, Probably not right now, but... And Pakistan. Yeah. And New Zealand. Pakistan, you've got six nations that, you know, it's not really a stretch to go, yeah. This could they could win. Yeah. And really, there's not six nations that could win a gold medal in basketball. They're just not. No. There's not. You wouldn't say there's six nations that could win a gold medal in Football or soccer, yeah. there'd be less than that. Um, there wouldn't be six nations you'd say would be winning softball. I think uh, you could probably argue for soccer. Um, yeah, quite a, like credible, the, it, like it, it really. Is, it's the world game. Um, no, but like when you're looking at the teams there, you'd say that there are six teams with largely equal opportunities to win. Um, you're more of a soccer fan than I am. So well, I'm, there's a lot of little countries in Europe. And, and a lot of them have, you know, good good soccer teams. I'm going to say, um, yeah, they'd be fine. At least so, like, you, you know, like, you, you you probably think Germany, France, but you've also got, like, Belgium, Denmark. Cameroon. Even Sweden. So know. all those guys you think would be, you would go, hand on heart, equal chances to win the World Cup. Uh, maybe not. Maybe like, not some of those, yeah. Uh, but not, like, like, not a Cinderella style. Like, you wouldn't be shocked to see... Um, this team win. Like, you could make legitimate arguments for half a dozen teams to win the gold medal in T20 for cricket. Yeah. Do you reckon you could make that? I, I'm like, I don't know enough about soccer, so I'm, you're the, the soccer. Well, I think in South America, in, well, the out of, out of the I, three I, of us, I, you know I more about it. Casually, <laughs> uh, I play a bit of FIFA. Um. No, I, I think yeah. they could be. Like Brazil, Argentina from South yeah, America, yeah, probably you it wouldn't be a huge stretch for a nation like Chile. Yeah. Then uh, there's England, France, Spain. Yeah, Spain. Yeah. Uh, Germany, Germany. Italy. All right. So, okay. Italy, so, yeah. But still, yeah, so yeah. soccer is one of those ones that are, yeah. are definitely in there and they've yeah. got largely the same but, amount but of medal is, contenders. So that's that, the world game. Yeah. 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 That's played everywhere at a much higher saturation than than cricket would be, yeah. and you there's six nations, six or seven nations that you could go. Yeah, there's actually a decent enough competition for that. And cricket, which apparently doesn't isn't played by enough nations, has got yeah. largely the same. But what about hockey? Hockey's about the same as cricket, I would say, as far as teams that can win the gold medal. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know enough about we, hockey. We but go yeah. pretty well in hockey. Yeah, so, like but Pakistan, yeah, so, India, yeah. the yeah. Netherlands. Uh, yeah. What I'm getting at is there's no real Sorry. viable <laughs> argument for <laughs> cricket in terms of how well it's how much it's played overseas for it to be not included in the World Cup or yeah. in the Olympics. I should it's, say it's it's not a given. Mm. But yeah, I know what you mean. So there's there's not really all the, the the people that say it shouldn't be in there for this reason don't know what they're talking about. There, there's not re- those really those reasons don't really hold up. There's yeah. there's a hundred teams that are in the part of the ICC, so the International Council for Cricket, says hundred members, which is more than enough to make it a worldwide enough sport to be represented in the um in the in the Olympics. I mean, handball can't possibly have. Australia's got a team. We found that. <laughs> yeah. But like handball can't be played at a level that is the same as cricket. Like it's got to be cricket's got to be farther reaching than, than handball and mm-hmm. it's an Olympic sport. You know, um then when it says well, there's only two or three teams that can win it, that's not true. So yeah. it's, we're it's not, not we're not quite saying you know we're not quite going oh you know AFL should be the Olympic sport. Yeah. It's not as obscure <laughs> as that. Yeah. Or, 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 or even just like that that game that they play against an island, what do they call that? Gaelic international football? international rules. But yeah Gaelic <laughs> football is awesome. I know it's if great if we play Gaelic but football But it'd be like gold medal, silver medal. If we That's play it. Gaelic football in Australia, I don't know if I'd follow rugby league. That game is awesome. <laughs> it's really savage. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Irish. The Irish are great. Let's play lacrosse. But instead of like the stick with the net, it's just like a paddle and you yeah. can hit people with it. They're drunk when they come up with this game. I like it. It's just a standard level of Irish drunk, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a big fan. Uh, Big big fan of that. I think it would be a great spectacle to see and it would be a great advertisement for cricket on the world stage. I mean, for the World Cups, honestly, if you're not in already part of the, the, the cricketing landscape, you don't really watch the World Cup. You don't go, ooh. It's like, like, I don't really care about soccer, but I'll watch the World Cup final because it's the World Cup final. Yeah. But if you're not a cricket fan, I don't reckon there's too many people that tune in to go and watch the 50-over World Cup final. It just sort of doesn't have that same reverence. Yeah. Whereas if you expose it to the Olympics, everyone watches the Olympics. So, and then if you manage to, like I said, if you use that to then, for especially if it's China or America, the t- countries with the dollars that then pour money into their cricket programs to actually compete at the Olympics in that sport. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it's only good for the game because from there, it opens the door for them to become ICC members. For me, I just want to, to see the USA beat England at cricket. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's that's that. yeah. I just love to add a gold medal, a Olympic gold medal to us. You know, you know why they'd win, though? Because <laughs> all the West Indian guys would move to America, <laughs> and it'd be West Indies slash USA. Uh, knock over England. They'll, they'll beat them at their own game I don't, cheating. I don't know because there's rules around that. I think only the Virgin Islands you could represent mm. America, like be from the Caribbean and then represent America. I don't think yeah. you can. Not all. Yeah, so a lot of the poaching that's going on uh, yeah. where they go to baseball is is not international level. It's it's playing for a franchise. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think they're like. So, for example, like Kyra and Pollard wouldn't just naturally be able to go and play. No, for... we wouldn't naturally be allowed to. They just would. Change <laughs> just like all the like the last forty years. That... But if they oh, if they represent, I grew I grew up in uh, Trent Bridge, bro. <laughs> that that's not a that's thing. A... It's a terrible well, South African accent. <laughs> but I don't think the ICC would then allow that as well. Like yeah. I don't think they if they. Because they're representing an ICC member, you wouldn't be able to go. Oh, I'm a West Indian member, and then go and play for the US. You'd have to be naturalised mm. as a US. I, I know where you come from, but I reckon there's ways around that. Yeah, well, there's always yeah. ways around it. Just ask the Poms. Yeah, <laughs> and they're um, they guys that they're, they're very local. You're telling me that your your great great grandfather could find England on a map? That sounds pretty English to me. Uh, he's English. He's English. All right, you're in. What about spons? what about the rules? Eh. I don't play by the rules. We're England. <laughs> we ruled South Africa once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is getting a little one sided. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> We're just picking on England. Look, they had one job to do, and that was beat India, so we could be in the World Test Championship final. Yeah. And they couldn't do that, so yeah. This was... is this is their punishment. Right. We continue being one-eyed Australian supporters. We get the. Uh... They're probably going to win the World Cup, so they can. 
have that. It'll be their first legitimate win. <laughs> All right. I've been thinking about saying that for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well, that'll, well, enough shenanigans. I think we've gone around in circles yeah. enough. That'll wrap our episode up. So there we go. We've, uh, we've finished off our trip to the Caribbean and we've had a right. bit of a bit of a rant about whether or not cricket should be in the Olympics. What do you guys think? Get in touch with us on our social media pages. Um, would you like to see cricket in the Olympics? And if so, in what format? Do you think it should be the 50-over game, the 20-over game? Do you think there should be an age restriction like in soccer where they only have, I think, is it mostly under 23s and they've got three senior players, something along those lines. Would you like to see that as a way of sort of fast-tracking young players into the game? Um, Tell us your thoughts. Come back to us, um, and we'll be back next week with more cricketing goodness. Bye for now. See you guys. Bye. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network.